This was the week in the world where moth memes really hit the lamp, if you uh, take my meaning. <laughs> Thank you. It's in the spotlight. <laughs> oh! The moths went to the spotlight. That's good. And uh, like a, a lamp on a porch, it will be snuffed out pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that'll be it. Yeah. But we can always remember this week is the week that we laughed and laughed at memes about moths. Yeah, anytime we weren't talking on the radio, we were just cruising through the internet for moth memes. Right. I find them so great. I if you haven't heard of them, it's just like moths being attracted to lamps or... Sure. Yeah, usually lamps. Uh-huh. In meme form. Get into it. It's really great. This is um, how desperate we are. I, I realized this when... Remember when Gangnam Style happened? Yeah. We're, we're, you were alive when that happened, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was like two years ago, wasn't it? I remember that feeling. It was like, everyone, had you heard of Gangnam Style? Right. And it was a great feeling to talk about it and be like, did you see that guy? He was on the news this morning and then now he's going to be on SNL. And like, we all just were galvanized and it felt like such a good, innocent, lovely time. Mm-hmm. And since then, you know, we really have been looking for that next Gangnam Style. And so like... I remember what does the fox say? Oh yeah, it was like we were just so desperate. That's true. You're right. right. We'll just clean to anything now. Like there's a fox. There's a fox joke song. Let's talk about that now. Yeah. And it's like the moths. We need a meme. Yeah. We always are like so salivating for the next meme. Always. But everything's so fleeting now. You know what I mean? Everything, like yeah. it only takes a week for it to go away and be forgotten about forever. Did you hear about you know a baby shark? What? It's a kid song on the internet. Oh. And it's the stupidest song. Yeah. And any parents listening right now will know it. It has over a billion views on YouTube. Whoa. It's just children singing a very simple, stupid song, but I guess kids go nuts for it. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder why. Uh, but, but it's not just parents and kids, mm. I don't think either. I think it's like, you know. I mean, you know it. You're a 30-something man. I have no <laughs> idea about it, but. That's right. It's yeah. like uh, just regular adults as well. Also just being like, I have to know about this. It's a meme now. It's not just for parents. It's a meme. Baby shark. In fact, uh, do we have a bit of the Amy shark? We do. We interview? have the whole in- Amy shark interview and performance. So I fun. feel bad that I found out about baby shark like 20 minutes after we interviewed Amy shark. Oh, we could have been like, uh, can you please not play one of your own songs and instead play baby shark? Right. That would be great. Thank you. That would have gone viral. Amy shark sings baby shark. Oh. Why did we think about this now? We could have been we, moth memes. We have to invite her back from Australia. Get <laughs> on the plane, Amy. Please enjoy that and much more on this week's PJ Party Podcast. And thank you for listening. Yeah. People everywhere lining up for the new iPhone X. And actually, Paul Placino is in line right now. We'll get him on the phone. Hi, Paul. Hey, hi, Jen. Oh, yes. Well, I've been waiting in line all night, but I really think this is going to be worth it. I'm so excited to be one of the first to get my hands on an iPhone X. Yeah, you're kind of stupid, but I'm happy for you, Paul. Cool. Not really listening to you, but okay, cool. I'm just I'm up to the front of the line now, so uh, here we go. Hello. I'm here for my iPhone X. iPhone X? This line is for the thigh bone flex. Thigh bone? What? Now don't move. I'm going to flex your thigh bone. Huh? No, no. <laughs> Loving this story that's going around today about uh, in Wisconsin, there's a man who goes to a cat shelter. Mm-hmm. It's one of these free room shelters. So it's just it's a bunch of at-risk cats that are really not doing so hot. Their last stop, really, bet- before they get put down, no. is they get to just roam around in this shelter with a bunch of couches and stuff. Aww. And volunteers can come and hang with them if they want. So there's, just, there's a 75-year-old man with a heart of gold yeah. who's been coming in every single day. <gasps> he pets them for a bit. But then mostly he just falls asleep. Aww. And the cats love it because mostly what cats want from you is your warm body to sleep, <laughs> sleep on. on. Yeah, totally. And uh, he now is a hero all over the internet. Oh, I Isn't love that him. Heartwarming. That's so great. Ain't a little problem with my cat, eh? Uh oh. She got the fleas. We were just talking about this. It's flea season. I guess it's flea season, and somehow she picked up the critters. Uh oh. And um, so I searched around, and I've got flea medicine in the house, but it's. Four years expired. Oh, I don't know. I'm the cheap part of me is just like, oh, come on. Flea medicine doesn't go bad. Medicine doesn't go what expired. Whatever. You still use that. It'll probably uh, still kill most of these things, right? I'll get the rest with a little comb. Uh, I don't know about that. My uh, my sister would know though. She is uh, she's going to school for pharmacy, and she used to be a vet tech. Oh, yeah, she would know for sure. We can call her. Get her on the horn. All right. 
Hello? Sweet sister Liza. Hey, Jen. What's up? You didn't come up as Jenny on my caller ID. That's because I'm here too, sweet sister Liza. Paul's oh, here. We're oh, I am speaker? Yeah. Yes. No, Wait, you're at work? A yeah, loud speaker work. on all of Victoria. So the, the reason why I'm calling you is because Paul has a question about uh, cat flea medication. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. This isn't, like, this isn't like on the radio, is it? Yes. It will be. It is on the radio. Oh, God. Liza, the cat's flea medicine is four years expired. Is that too many years? Or is it still, yeah. still would work, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's probably not going to be very effective. Really? Yeah. It's a liquid medication. Uh, you know, if it was a year, you might be okay, but it probably still gets sweet. So that's a big nope for you, Paul. He well, it sounds like one. Big Pharma trying to move more units is what it sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your help, maybe, sweet sister Maybe Liza. a year. Okay. Liza, I'll call you later for sister okay. chats. All right. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Love you too also. Hello. Hello. Hey. Oh. <laughs> My favorite story today is uh, that there's this new airline that's opening up out of YVR. It was started by Tara Frazier, and it's called Isqueo Air. And uh, that word, Isqueo, is uh, Cree for the word woman. And what's really cool about this airline is that um, Tara Frazier is the first um, indigenous woman to start her own airline and the idea was to kind of connect to these kind of smaller indigenous communities with uh, big cities like YVR like Vancouver so starting in March there's just this brand new airline um, with a tiny little plane it's just one plane right now but you have to start somewhere right Um, she just saw that there was a gap and that people weren't being connected um, to the other you know communities in BC so she just decided to make an airline and she's been a pilot for 15 years that's so cool because Well, that was what we were hearing when Greyhound started, like, rolling back their service, right? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, we were all like, well, it's like, I don't know too much to take a bus. It's been a long time since I took a bus. But that's what we heard is that for a lot of cases, and especially these small indigenous communities and these women especially, were having, that's like their lifeline to get from their communities to any bigger city for whatever they needed to do. Exactly. And uh, she was also hoping to kind of um, increase tourism for indigenous communities oh, as yeah. well, which is great. And just connect the rest of BC's communities. It's an example of this woman just seeing there was a gap. Yes. Noting that she was a pilot, right? It's yeah. like she had some experience, some expertise, mm-hmm. and thinking like, what can I do? And she did it. She did it. Simply. Amazing. That's awesome. This is a pretty weird story out of Delta. A man reported uh, about 42 starling birds, like European starling, like those little kind of birds, falling from the sky and hitting the pavement, but they were all dead when they fell. Like all in the same place? In the same place. Yeah, they hit his car. They all fell at the same time. And they are going like to the, um, what is it called? Well, they're doing an investigation on it. And next week, hopefully, they'll be able to figure out what happened to these birds. But as of right now, it's a complete mystery. That is so weird. Why they are all dead. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like thinking of why is and like, why would this happen? Did they all hit a plane at the same time? Yeah, I'm like trying to figure it out. I've had a, a problem with dead birds falling on my car before <laughs> yes. because I had a hawk problem. Right. There was this local hawk that used this tree above our car area um, as its feasting ground and right. would drop dead birds all the time. So we just were always coming home to a whole bunch of dead birds. They'd be on my windshield. It was just, yeah, it was gross. That's no good. Gross. But we saw the source of it, right? Yeah. I think with this one, it's just so confusing because there's so many of them and they all were dead. And there's just nothing above them but clear blue sky. That's it. That's so weird. I have no idea what happened. Yeah. Now, now who's getting involved? What agency is it that's getting involved to do the investigation? Is it like Environment Canada or something like that mm-hmm. to investigate uh, if these birds ingested a bunch of poison or something? That's right. Do yeah. bird autopsies on tiny little sparrows? So they've been sent to the BC Ministry of Agriculture's um, Animal Health Lab in Abbotsford. And at the middle of the week next week is when they're expecting to figure it out. Okay, then here's my question to you. How many birds have to fall <laughs> on my car before I get to call this entity Oh, and get them to do bird autopsies? Right. If I get a dozen sparrows and I call them, are they going to be like, call us when you get to two dozen? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, we have, <laughs> sir, please don't waste our time. We're investigating 40 birds dropping out of the sky, 12 birds. 
is not enough. I'd be like, oh, there goes another one. Baker's dozen now. And they'd be like, nope, sir. <laughs> sir, we need into the 20s and 30s of birds. Like, what's do you think their threshold of a bunch of dead birds in one spot yeah, before they question. get involved? Yeah, more than what a hawk could do, I guess. <laughs> Drake has nearly completed construction on his gigantic house in Toronto, and it is extravagant, Jenny. Yeah. It is massive. It's got a basketball court and a wine bar and then a different also cocktail bar. It's massive. Oh, well, that's neat, but I know I don't know too much about Toronto or anything, but I always just figured that Drake lived on top of the CN Tower. It doesn't? Is, is it there? Is that where he's building? No. It's on the ground. What? That is wildly disappointing. Update! On an unsolved mystery that we reported on last week. That's right. So the mystery was in Delta, a group of like 200 starlings, those birds. Cutie little, little chip chips. Adorable little meep, 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 meeps. Yep. Um, all of a sudden, in front of a guy, they just like all fell to the ground. What? 42 of them died. What? He's no idea if they were dead before they hit the ground, where these birds came from. So they, you know, brought it to the BC Ministry of Agriculture and they conducted a, you know, autopsy and they found. You know, the picture was crazy. This guy's just sitting there. There's all these dead birds on the ground. What could, what apocalyptic thing could this be? It's a very simple explanation, actually. What happened was there was a huge flock of these little chip chips. Mm -hmm. They were all flying together and something was chasing them, like a big hawk or a scary hunt bird. Yeah. Was chasing them all. And so to get away from the big hawk, this flock of sparrows dove at the grounds and then pulled up at the last second. Mm -hmm. But the tail end of the flock of sparrows didn't pull up in time? Yeah. That's such a weird thing, right? Where it's all like when they're those flocks, those swarms them, right? of birds. Yeah. yeah. They're all following. They didn't pull up in time. And a bunch of them smacked the pavement. Yeah. And that's why some of these birds were found all dead. Yeah, they found that it was an impact on their chest. Poor little birdies. Poor little birdies. But then do you think that the hog would be like, Oh, sweet. I'll stop chasing. I'll just eat these birds that are on the ground here. I'm going to assume so, yeah. Yeah. Had a big feast. <laughs> Had such a nice, lovely fall evening last night, Jen. Tell me about it. Went for a nice walk and, uh, through James Bay area and got myself a seasonal beverage. Oh! And I love seasonal beverages so much. Mm-hmm. You me too. too. I love seasonal beverages, but I don't like calling them seasonal beverages. I don't know why. What, do you, what did you have? Last night I had like a chai fall fog What? nonsense drink. Yes. What is it? I don't know. Chai. I didn't care for it. Oh. But uh, I also had sips of, though, a cayenne mocha. Oh, that they're, sounds really good. You're putting cayenne right in the drink. That sounds... I love like spicy chocolate drinks. Those are good. Totally. It cuts the like, sugariness of it. And then bam, you get punched in the back of the throat by cayenne pepper. Thank you. Oh, love that. Love it. Like a little pop. And then, of course, I mean, like the main one that everyone gets excited about is your pumpkin spice latte, yep. which I was about to buy for you today. But then I realized that you are not going to drink one until the actual first day of fall. Correct. Which is not today. That's right. It's in a couple days. I think it's two days. Twenty-four. Tomorrow is first day of fall. So okay. anytime next week, I'll have it and I'll enjoy it. Yeah, because I would have bought it for you and then you would have just dumped it out in front of me. And I've been like, you idiot. Yeah. I'm not drinking that yet. It's not seasonal yet. But I did hear a great way to have a pumpkin spice latte if it's too sweet for you yeah. is to make a, an Americano, then add the pumps of pumpkin spice with the toppings. So it kind of cuts down the sugar. Oh, so all the all flavor the is still yeah, there. All yeah. the cinnamon and cinnamon and all that is still on there. Yeah. It's with an Americano instead. That sounds so good. It does sound good. I also love... Hot buttered oh. rum. Okay. I'm just reading a list of good hot mulled cider. Ah, that's like, that's Christmassy times. Right? Spiced love... hot chocolate. Spooky apple cider punch. That's when a ghost pops out of it. <laughs> Whoa, and punches you in the face. That's right. Oh, wow. I love that. And also, uh, pretty soon, you and I are going to make a video mm -hmm. describing how to make a perfect mug out of a real-life pumpkin. Uh, we didn't plan on that, but you've said it, so now we have to do it. I'm turning this whole show into a Martha Stewart. <laughs> okay. No, but sorry, we're going to say with a hot mulled cider. Oh, yeah. The, I love Christmas drinks as well. Yeah. Uh, Mary Dale is really great for that. Yes. Thinking about 
travel stuff, as I always am. You know, it's like when I, whenever I have the opportunity and the cash and all that, I just want to travel. Yeah. And I read today a really cool thing that uh, Game of Thrones. Now they're all done, right? Game of Thrones wrapping up production, put out their last season. What they're going to do with all of their cool locations that they had, mm-hmm. where they filmed, they're going to uh, turn those into tourist attractions. Huh. I, I think lo- that huh? makes sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. I love this for a lot of reasons. Number one, it shows that they're, you know, it's like it, it proves that filming on a real location has more advantages, you know, long term down the line rather than CGI locations, which always yeah. look like crap. Mm-hmm. Number two, that's cool. And I want to go and visit these places. And I love, you know, the idea that they turned Hobbiton in New Zealand, right? This Lord of the Rings filming location. That's a huge tourist destination. That's high on my list of places I want to go in the world. Oh, absolutely. Don't you have a place? Um, I really want to go to the Twin Peaks Diner. <laughs> yeah, and get like that classic cherry pie. That exists, you know? right? It does exist. And the lineup just goes for days, I'm sure. But I think that it's it's also important to make those things into tourist attraction mm. and, and to like make sure that they're ready for that amount of people who are going mm. to be visited. Because if you look at like the Goonies, for example, that oh, yeah. house yeah. didn't turn into like a, a tourist attraction where you can go tour. It's actually someone's house. Oh, really? Right? So, and same with like a uh, full house house. Right. You know, they don't like people coming to visit, but that's just kind of what you get, <laughs> right? When, when your place of living is in a movie also. Totally. So it makes sense to actually make it into an official tourist attraction. Um, <laughs> Totally. So I want to hear some stories from zoners, from well-traveled zoners. Let's hear some travel stories of places you've gone to, your favorite places that um, were in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, quick down the list, or TV shows too, I guess, right? Like that Seinfeld Diner, that's like oh, a yeah. mecca for me. Um, my favorite part of New York was going to like the New York Public Library because that's in the start of Ghostbusters. <laughs> so keep it coming. What are some more cool places that you went to, whether on purpose or... You happen to find yourself there while traveling mm-hmm. that you recognize from movies or TV that like heightened that experience because it is a heightened experience. Totally. Mike went to the Lost Beach in Hawaii. Oh, cool. From which movie is that? He says, I still see the Lost Graveyard where they buried everyone. The mounds were still there. I'm not sure what movie that is from, though, but that's cool. Um, Nadia says she just flew in from Croatia yesterday and they were doing the Game of Thrones tours. They never went on it, but the. F- but the fortress we were checking out, and they were giving Game of Thrones tours in already. Oh, cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, Greg says uh, they went to the Cheers Bar in Boston. I would love to go to that bar. Yeah, would you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is sweet. Um, Sienna's on the zone phone. She has kind of a neat one. Okay, so my favorite movie um, growing up was Point Break. Don't judge. And the only... Okay, so I have, I've now been to all of the places that were referenced in that movie. So I've been to Waimea, Makaha. Um, I've been to Bells Beach, Australia. I've been to Lake Mead, um, which is where they did the skydiving. Um, I've been to Mulholland Drive where they did the drop and like all the beaches and stuff. But the crazy part is only one of those was intentional. Really? Which one was intentional? Yeah. Bell's Beach. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's cool. You just happen to find yourself traveling in these other places and then recognizing them from the movie. Exactly. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I love it. I love that. That's I so love cool. it too. You know, it's like what is, you know, culture and TV and stuff like that in movies if not a way to look through a window in our living room out into the rest of the real world. Now, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, it's into a fake-o-phony world, but also, I saw some cool scenery in Croatia through Game of Thrones. Mm. Right? So, right? So I kind of want to see that now. Same with you, right? Like, you saw parts of the world through this, your favorite movie, and then, totally. yeah, the, the locations yeah. become, like, a cool place for you. Exactly. <laughs> Game of Scrabble is amending its rules, and 300 more new words will be now officially allowed. Words like, okay, and ew. When I play Scrabble, I usually use the words, are you kidding me? How about that word? Uh Uh-huh. Or, Yeah, that's a good one. I often, um, I'm not good at Scrabble, so I refer to myself as a stick. Oh, yeah. And um, my opponent, if I get frustrated with them, I call them a... Those words be in there? How about jabroni? Is that in there? Oh, whoa, Jenny. Hey, we're on the radio now. Sorry. Today I found out that our dreams have come true, Paul. Go on. 
McDonald's now offers McDelivery. Oh. You can get McDonald's delivered right to your door, my friend. Oh, good. Yeah, isn't that great? Oh, good. Yeah, it's about time. I mean, I'm usually too lazy to actually go out and get the McDonald's myself. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we know that about you, that you don't want to leave your house. That's right. I, you um, know what appeals to me about this is that maybe I'll feel less shame about ordering just the full bag full of fries. <laughs> That's my order when I go Can there. you order that? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, can I just get a, one of your large bags and just fill it to the brim with fries? How much that be? Put it on my credit card. <laughs> Start a tab for me, (laughs) sweetheart. Um, But do you know how they're doing this? It's Mm. all through Uber Eats, which just came to Victoria and Esquimalt as well, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Uber Eats, yeah, you can also, you can get movie popcorn from there too. Oh, that's great. It's exciting. Yeah, I've used it before. It's great. Love it. Yeah, it's really good. You know what I would love for Uber to be able in Victoria to uh, drive from place to place? (laughs) It's my drunk ass. Oh, yeah. Please, let's get her going. I know. And I'm not the only one. With yelling about this mm-hmm. right now uh, in the news, I was watching a great video about Francesco Aquilini, who's the you know the owner of the Canucks. Yep, yelling about how Vancouver is the only town in the world with an NHL team but doesn't have the ride sharing. Oh, and so that's affecting him, and it's so uh, the Canucks and the, everyone who goes to those games. Yeah, but I felt it so hard. I haven't yelled about this. Okay. I felt it. So hard for during Rifflandia. Mm-hmm. Spent all night out dancing, right? Then I got myself some fork and pork. I'm all the way downtown. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to go home. Time to get a cab. Could not do. Can't do. Rifflandia. Busy. Mm-hmm. Could not do. End up walking all the way home. Yeah. Oh. Okay? Because you just, you do that. You're like, oh, okay. I'll just, I'll, I'll start walking. I'll walk in that direction. Uh, maybe I'll pick up a cab. Walked all the way home. Uber, we need you. Okay. If you want to look, there's a good video of uh, Horgan promising that it hopefully by next fall. It's supposed to be this fall. Next fall. I know, right? Christmas sometime. We can get French fries. We can get a whole bag full of French fries. But not, you can't get my ass home. <laughs> Sad. Paul. What? Would you be willing... To spend 30 hours in a coffin for your chance to win $300? I gotta be honest with you. On days like today, I'd just do it for the coffin. That's it? Do I get to relax for a bit? I get get a day off? Are you kidding me? 30 straight hours? Really? (laughs) I mean, all right. Pad this out, Jen. Is it one of those like crummy box coffins or is it like a nice, like people when they go in coffins nowadays, when's the last time you went to a funeral? Coffins look comfortable AF. Yeah. I don't know the details about the coffin other than it is two by seven feet. And I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be underground. I would assume not. (laughs) But it's all for a Six Flags promotion. They're Uh getting six people to compete and to see if they can stay in this coffin for 30 hours. If they do, they get $300. You did the math on that. I did the math. That's $10 an hour. (laughs) That's not even like minimum wage we're talking here. I don't think I would do that. No? And then I looked into the details. I was like, what if you have to go pee? Is that part of it? Like you have to just sit there and bathe in your own filth? (laughs) No, there's six minute little sections every hour that you can go and use the toilet as well. Honestly, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if I would do that for $300. But then on top of that too, you also get some season passes. Did the math on that. They're like 80 bucks each. Oh, whoa. An additional $80. (laughs) $380 you could win. Oh, what? I get to go on roller coasters whenever I want. Okay, once again, Jenny, if this is like like a... like a super basic wooden coffin, like old West style. Yeah. Right? Just like a pine box and you put in the ground. I would assume it would be. But really? not underground. Yeah. Okay. Because if it's one of those lush velvet lines, <laughs> once again, like you're talking about a really nice day off from work to me, really. Like, and I get to get out and pee every hour, stretch my legs a little 30 bit. 30 hours so. And no one bothers me. <laughs> Like, we're talking about a dream here. Yeah, like nobody emails me and tells me to do things. Mm. No, my phone doesn't buzz on me the whole time. I get to just snooze in a velvet coffin. Can I just do it anyways? Can we just set this up? I'll sign you up, Paul. Sign me up. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> um, someone texted in and said that they actually give you a little hookup so you can have your phone in there and charge it 
while you're in there for 30 hours. So that kind of makes it better, right? So I have 30 hours worth of podcasts and movies and whatever. Yeah. A little Netflix time. Mm, nah, I, I, nah, I don't want my phone. Thank you. I'll leave it out. What? That's, that's fine. You nah. get that option and you don't want it? Nah, 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 nah. Again, this is real. This is Paul time. This is uh, just <laughs> want to be. Uh, look at people pay a lot of money to go on like meditation retreats or like do that sensory deprivation tank or whatever. Oh, yeah. Plus, just how often are you in a really dark room and just get to completely go to sleep in complete darkness? Yeah, not often. Right. But you do have the option to do that at any point in your closet. You know. Oh, just. Oh, so you're saying that, because I can't use those like eye masks, but maybe what I should do is build an airproof, or not airproof, I would die, oh my but a lightproof coffin for my bed, and then I would sleep in a coffin Probably every night. Probably good for your brain. Wow. There you go. Okay. New lifestyle choice. Great story today about a new clinic opening up in New York City that uh, has been bouncing around. This idea has been bouncing around for a while. There's this uh, one entrepreneur that really thinks he can make a go of this idea, that if you Take blood from young people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people under the age of 25, mm-hmm. old people will buy it to then put into themselves and they think they'll get rejuvenated for this. What? Is there science behind it? Is uh, something backing it up? It's pretty unproven. <laughs> They're just like, mm, in theory, I'm just going to say that that's what works. Yeah. That makes no. sense. Uh, have you ever noticed that uh, young people are better at doing push-ups and jumping jacks than older people? You think it has to do with the blood? Uh, it's got to be their blood. What else could it possibly be? They got blood. Mm. They got blood. It's got to be the blood. So they're like vampiring. Essentially, rich old people from New York City are now pretty much turning into vampires, paying for the blood of the young. Whoa. And the virile. Yeah, okay, so if you gave blood, for example, like mm-hmm. to Kent Canadian Blood Services, I don't think they would sell it. It's probably a different, <laughs> like, they wouldn't yeah. sell it to this clinic that's for, like, emergencies yeah. and people who need blood transfusions and things like that. I know that, like, when we talked about this before, yeah, it's very, like, oh, this feels icky. Like, what a weird, gross business to, like, mm-hmm. steal the... Well, not stealing. Well, that's, right. it. that's <laughs> it. If this man was really creeping in at night and being like, shush, 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 and like getting your blood, your blood. Yeah, that's creepy and yeah. awful. But, okay, you're a young person, right? Mm-hmm. What if you could sell your blood to the elderly? I can't even, I've tried to give blood so many times and it doesn't work. Oh, right. You know? And <sighs> if I give any blood, it's going to be to Canadian Blood Services, not to people who are just old and want my blood. See, I've got so much blood that, and I'm so good at giving blood that I would double dip. I would go to, you know, like the blood services place, be like, get a pint, get a fresh pint, go ahead. (laughs) Give this to whoever needs it. And then I'd go over to old vampire, old old britches over there and be like, sure, you take a pint too, take it out of my other one. And you got to pay for it. (laughs) Because you get these old people trying to get the blood of the young folks. Fresh blood. That was such a good mixtape. I feel like a moth looking at a lamp right now. Yeah, I'm so happy, so satisfied like a moth on a lamp. Yeah, so good. I don't have a moth thing to say. Get on that meme, I know. I know. So good, right? Today, today's the day. It it was good yesterday, and now it's the height meme today, and then tomorrow it'll be gone. So make sure you get on the moth meme right now. I've been very busy today like a moth playing with the flame of a light of some sort. I really like the lamp biscuit moth. There you go. See, Jenny knows the meme. There you go. Lamp biscuit. The Canadian darling figure skaters Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue have a book that came out and the big takeaway from the book is that they still are maintaining that they are not in love. Well, and I wonder today on the Afternoon Zone what other mediums Tessa and Scott will employ to maintain this lie that they're not in love. (laughs) Like, oh, maybe a podcast where they talk about how they're not in love. How about a new Netflix series where they lie and they say that they're not in love? I would absolutely attend a live speaking engagements, maybe in a theater where they lie straight to my face and tell me that they're not in love. Maybe like a wedding sort of scene where they lie to us and then they tell us that they're not in love. But then they get married? Yeah. Quit lying to us! (laughs) You're both clearly in love! Just kiss already. So, uh, it's election season coming up. We're voting for mayor, city council, 
What else? School trustees. School trustees. Um, and it start to, you know, it's a good time to start looking into who you want to vote for, what you want for the city, what's important to you. Yeah. And what's so cool is just a random person from Victoria uh, decided to put all of the platforms together in one website so you can kind of go through and, you know, compare which ones and what viewpoints are important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called victoriavotes.org. And uh, a lot of interesting uh, candidates this year. Also. Yeah. Yeah. I've put that website on his own Facebook. Uh, they call it a pretty objective summary of the candidates and issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when you're looking down through the uh, candidates for mayor. You've got some things there that uh, in some of these candidates that I think in any other time mm-hmm. in the political process, in any other city, would be pretty major red flags. Maybe. But here we are in Victoria in 2018. Mm-hmm. It seems to just be par for the course. It seems to just speak to the unique spirit and personality of our city. Yeah, anyone can run for mayor. So, for instance, you've got one candidate for mayor who used to be a clown. Cool. All right. Uh, One's website, who's in all caps. Yeah. That's a red flag, eh? Out to notes. Yeah. Shouting always. Maybe just passion? (laughs) (laughs) One who self-proclaimed hasn't used money in 15 years. Wow. Yeah, exists without using money. That's a feat. Mm-hmm. Uh, one who has, uh, finally, and this is my favorite, has full frontal nude pictures of himself for purchase as a postcard on his website. There you go. You didn't think that you were going to see a picture of a nude man when you came to work today, Jen. No, and then you told me about this, and I went and looked at the website, and yeah, there was full frontal nudity that you could purchase. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is that allowed? Election signs litter the streets this election season in Victoria like leaves falling from the trees <laughs> this fall, right? Yeah, they're everywhere, hey? Mm-hmm. It's a good story in the paper today about how a bunch of them, uh, Mary Lisa Helps was seeing that a bunch of her signs got like scooped up. $1,000 worth of signs got uh. stolen and, you know, likely just tossed in the river or whatever. Um, and that how that is uh, vandalism. And if you went on to private property to do it, trespassing, too. Mm-hmm. So that's no good. So she's gone to, like, all everyone who's running for council and got a whole bunch of them to sign a paper being like, hey, we all agree, and we say to all of our supporters that no matter who you support, don't be scooping the signs up and throwing them in the river. Again, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I've seen some chatter about the signs. Everyone, every time election season comes up, no matter what kind of election it is, the signs go up. Mm-hmm. And then people want to beak about them. Well, how do you feel about the election signs? Does it move your needle one way or the other? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think if I hadn't already done some research on who I want to vote for, it could help me, like, have them in my at the top of my mind. Totally. You know, if I saw a whole bunch of one candidate, I'd go online and be like, what is this candidate all about? Sure. Yeah, Let yeah. me research it. But I don't think it would actually, like sway my vote in any way because I know what I want out of a mayor right. and I'm going to vote for that. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking like maybe if someone doesn't want to do the research and think for themselves and just wants to do what the majority is doing, then it might help. I feel like, you know, you try and take the temperature of what the city's up to or thinking about. Mm-hmm. If you go online, mm-hmm. oh God, <laughs> you're going to think we're all a bunch of vicious, horrible people who say terrible things about one person or another all yeah. the time. Right? You can't do it that way. I was liking the signs in that I was like, oh, this person's got some traction. Oh, this person has some support. It's kind of interesting to see, yeah. Right? In a more real world way. And one thing too, the other thing about them getting stolen is everyone's like, oh, what a waste. Oh my God, we're banning plastic bags. What about all these signs everywhere? Do you know they reuse the signs? Oh. They can reuse the materials or in some cases, right, if someone gets elected, you can reuse them for their next campaign. They never say the year on them or whatever. Sense, there you go. I think we should make more of the signs that say our own things on them, though. Yeah, I like the personalized signs that I've been seeing around. People yeah. have just been like, I don't want to buy a sign. I'm going to make my own for things I like. We should make one that's just like, hey, everyone, you're doing a great job. Yeah, we Thumbs need more up. positive signs out there. <laughs> the slavish stranglehold that our phones and technology have over us, Jenny, mm-hmm. I think this is my crusade in life is to fight this, I think. Okay. Listen to these headlines that I saw just today, okay? Just today. Okay. CBC reporting that uh, too much screen time is uh, contributing to children having less cognitive ability at their schools. Oh, boy. 
Uh, the Times colonist from the Canadian press saying that uh, phone and tablet obsession sees hydro going up in usage 150% in the last 30 years. Whoa. Okay, that's what they're attributing it to. Mm -hmm. uh, the Huffington Post are reporting that Canadians are spending less time in nature, even though they know that makes them happier. Wow. They have that understanding, mm -hmm. but they're like, I'd rather just stay inside and stare at a screen. Yeah. I also found some today, too. I guess there was a big survey that was out because there was a lot of information out today um, that people spend 4.6 hours a day on their phone. Also, that people... Okay, this one's kind of scary, actually. A survey found that 400 adults, or a quarter of British Columbians aged 25 to 54, would give up spending time with a spouse or a partner for a day before going without their smartphone phones for 24 hours. They'd rather give up a day with their spouse than give up their smartphone for a day. Well, I don't know. Is the, is the spouse mean to them? <laughs> maybe, then, maybe they need to look at their relationship <laughs> situation. But This has brought us to the point now tomorrow where we have set out a challenge for each other. Mm -hmm. Phone-free Friday. Phone-free Friday. We're both going to leave our phones at home. That's right. Okay. That's it. That's the challenge. Pretty and we're going to see how it goes for the entire day. And what I'd like to do is open it up to a zoner or two as well. If you would like to get in on this with us, we want to hear from you now. What do you do and how much do you use your phone? And are you feeling fatigued of it? Would you like to join us in this challenge? Leave your phone in your bedside table mm -hmm. tomorrow. And then we'll check in tomorrow as well. And we'll just see how did it go for you. Yeah. If you want to take part in this fun challenge with us. Call or text us right now, 250-475-0913. Let us know that you're willing, and, and we'll uh, get back to you, and we'll get you into this challenge. Phone-free Friday. Yeah. We have someone on the zone phone, though, that wants to join us, I think. This is Katie. I would definitely, I would happily take up the phone-free Friday challenge with you and Jenny. Yay! Yay! Katie, Yay! you're doing it! You're playing with us, Katie! <laughs> Easy peasy. Honestly, I just feel like it's a bit of, um, what's the word? Not not cynicism, but, but skepticism, you know? Because I, I feel like if anybody would really evaluate their phone time, does it, does it leave you more fulfilled? Does it make you feel happier? Because I, I find, and I don't um, have any social media or anything, because I found it stressed me out more. Yeah. Hmm. So, but I mean, even still, I am a culprit of, okay, so maybe I don't have Facebook, but I will spend an hour scrolling my phone because, oh, well, but I'm just looking at the news. No, it's all just, <laughs> it's all just a little bit negative. So mm -hmm. I, I would happily put my phone away. I will turn it off and I will put it in my bedside table. And I think it should be, it should be a thing like family days on Fridays <laughs> or in February. You know what? Let's just have Friday be the no phone day. I love Amazing. that. Okay, so I love it. Uh, we're going to do this challenge with you. We're, Jen and I both are going to leave our phones at home tomorrow, and so are you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take your phone number, and if it's okay with you, at some point tomorrow afternoon, maybe later in the afternoon, we're going to call you, check back in, see if, you know, even after one day you feel more decompressed or if it was a challenge, did you miss out on something? You know, we'll just, like, really check right in. Okay, but the um, yep. problem with that, Paul, is that that takes having her phone on her. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a big problem. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 You, what about on Monday? Monday would be good. We could check in and call you on Monday. Yeah, that would be fine. Let's okay. do that. Yeah. Great. Thanks so much, you guys. Look forward to the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Us too. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Katie. Okay. Have a good weekend. You, you too. too. Bye. Bye. So in the afternoon zone, we're very excited. Amy Shark is coming in to the studio to chat with us before her show tonight at Capitol Ballroom. Yeah, and we're feeling all loved up because we absolutely adore her. I adore you. What are you going to tell her? I'm going to tell her, tell your mama I said hi. I hope I don't mess her up. Hey, that's not cool. Right. Oh, sorry. Great. Now I feel like a psycho. Psycho. Very excited and uh, happy to welcome into the zone for the, I think, into the actual studio. Second time? Yeah. I think so. Mm -hmm. Amy Shark, everybody. Yay! Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> uh, the album is called The Love Monster and sounds really good. We were listening to it all this morning while we were getting ready. It's yeah. great. Got us amped up for our show. Excellent. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Show is tonight at Capitol Ballroom. Uh, this is the second time you've been here, though, in... Oh, like within the year, is that right? 
um, place? Like when the I last feel time? Like, I feel like it is. Um, it was still, uh, still a while ago. I think it was like February or something. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, in the, within the year. So yeah. Yeah, I love it that much. Can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were saying it was a really nice, uh, you had a nice realization when you went into Capitol Ballroom there last time. Yeah, I mean, it's scary going into unknown waters, I guess. Like, you don't really know what to expect. Um, and it's funny, some cities will just take to you a lot more than, than others. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know anything about this place until, obviously, I came last time. Um, and it was crazy. Like, like actually, there was the guys in my band came into the green room and they said, there's a massive line out the front. And I was like, oh, there's probably some other artist playing, um, a bigger artist uh, in another room or something, you know. And, um, and yeah, they're like, no, nah, man, they're like, they're there for you. And it was like, it was crazy. So, yeah, I love it here. <laughs> but you've been so busy, it feels like, if I'm looking at your Instagram, right, you've just been playing some pretty awesome places obviously in australia um and just touring a lot and and you've been busy it's not like you've been I've been pretty busy yeah um i think that's like really important i i, I guess if i wasn't busy i'd be really worried about my career <laughs> <laughs> um but seeing as yeah i just like i put out the album so this is probably the busiest time um and obviously leading into it a few months sort of leading into that it was it was super busy so and let's talk about the making of the album. Some mm. really cool collaborations um, on your your new debut album. I can't believe this is your debut album, and you same, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so you worked with Jack Antonoff. Um, just wondering how that relationship started musically. Yeah, well, um, so I had a tweet he, from Lena Dunham, um, and she was somehow ended up listening to my music um, and liked a song and I, and I guess um, after that I, I got an offer to go on tour with Bleachers mm. so then Jack and I were seeing each other every day and we were sort of hanging out and, and just sort of created this really great friendship and I was really nervous actually because like everyone wants to work with Jack at the moment mm-hmm. and I definitely did and I knew that the album was coming out and I really wanted a song with him um, you know producing or, or writing a song with him so um, I was lucky he came to me he was like hey we should do something for your album I was like thank you <laughs> I didn't have to be that guy so nervous um, about to asking ask. you <laughs> so yeah so so we ended up making that happen and it was my first time writing with somebody in the room with me so that was intense but cool so did you learn a lot from that experience writing with him I mean he's such a pro that he kind of he kind of picked up on the fact that I'm really awkward um, writing with people because everything's re- super personal. And so what he would do was he he built this beautiful piece of music and I um, would start writing to it and he'd go and make a few calls and make a cup of coffee or something like that mm. and come back in and be like, what do, you ha- what do you have? And I'll say, you know, this is what I got for the first verse. And he'll be like, maybe let's change that word, um, but the rest is great. Okay, I'll, I'll come back later. And so that's how it sort of happened, which is really great for me. Um, and it just shows how pro he is because he just worked out how I operate. He almost you know? had these like teaching methods. Totally, yeah. And he, and obviously just doesn't take him long to just make such amazing music mm-hmm. and beats and just orchestrate it all and, and put it all together and make it make sense. It's cool. So cool. did he just work on All Loved Up or was it other songs We, we well? only did All Loved Up, yeah. Because... Yeah. What happened was I had pretty much finished the album. Like, I, I was really happy with it like, and ready to kind of sign off. There was mm-hmm. heaps of songs. And and then, um, you know, Jack sort of... Ca- there was a time where I could work with him. So we quickly did that. And then Joel Little came on board who did Lord's first record. And I, I love all his stuff. He does a lot of Khalid and Imagine Dragons. And so I wanted to definitely work with him. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Hoppus came out of nowhere. So there was three sessions back-to-back that I did... And I kept all three songs. Um, so I had to scrap some off the album, which was very heartbreaking. It's like bet. losing a child. But, yeah. um, you know, it's that's why it's such a monster. Mm-hmm. Love monster. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted, well, about Jack as well. Like, I, I'm the impression that I got from watching him on stage was just like so much energy. I couldn't believe yeah. how much he was pouring into his stage performance. Yep. And it's, it's got to be like that in every facet when you know him, when you get to know him. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, he is. He's just a, he, he like channels himself. Um, he's just, he's so wise about wh- where he channels all his energy, you know? Huh. Like he'll be looking at the screen for like hours and then he'll quickly get up and everything's in spurts and, and rushes, you know? Um, 
he's just such an interesting man that I could just watch him. You know, <laughs> you know when there's someone you could just watch and observe. Yeah, yeah. I would just find myself just observing everything that he did, and he's got this great team around him that like do a lot for him, and he he trusts in a lot of people. He's just he's just an absolute mastermind. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what else to call this guy. Right? <laughs> And you were mentioning uh, Mark Hoppus from Blink-182. Now, you were a Blink-182 fan, I believe yeah. you said last a time we talked. Fan. An absolute tragic Blink-182 <laughs> so fan. Now, he's singing on your song, Psycho. And, like, he is, he's present in that song, too. Dude, I yeah. know. How, how do you feel I about that? I still get, like, this big, dirty grin every time I listen to that song and his verse drops in. I'm like, I have Mark Hoppus on a song That's on so my cool. album. Like, it's not even real. Um, but, yeah, he that was another... Um, amazing sort of natural, organic way of working with someone. Like we just had a coffee in LA and, um, you know, he he liked what I was doing and was really interested in the album and, and like, you know, what, what sort of songs I was going to have on it. And I said to him, I'm like, I'd love for you to be on it. I'd love for you to, you know, produce a song. I don't know what you want to do. Like, so I ended up sending him Psycho because I had Psycho just sitting there and I wasn't even going to put it on this album. I was going to wait for another one because I wasn't, I just wasn't too sure about it yet or the where I saw it going and the production. But then as soon as he wrote back, he's like, I love this. I know exactly what to do with it. I was like, this is this is what it was for. This is like, it, Psycho was always going to be for Hoppus. So it's mm. cool. That's yeah. incredible. We're very happy to be joined in the studio by Amy Shark. She's now ready to set up and perform for us live in the studio. This is Amy Shark. Tired boxer, one hand on my cheekbone, one hand on the rope And all my veins pump blood into my throat So I can hit the no-go, do it all again Tell them all I said, hi Tell them all I said, hi And I lay half awake, thinking what's it gonna take my moment to arrive so sick and paralyzed and i chew my gum on the left side of my mouth wonder when i'll spit it out yeah i'm just getting started tell them all i said hi hope you've been well you've been asleep while i've been in hell tell them all i said hi have a nice day i'll be just fine don't worry
Sammy Shark in the zone at 91.3. Live performance. I mean, that's so good. Come back up to this microphone if you don't mind. I just, that, that was so lovely. Your voice is the loveliest. Yeah, I can it's see so good. <laughs> why, you know, like moths to a flame, why these collaborations <laughs> are coming to you the way they are. And I hope that continues Thank for you. you in the future. See, this is why I like coming here. Through all the compliments, you know? <laughs> Compliment City. Yeah, great <laughs> for my confidence. Okay, one thing I wanted to say to you and that I really enjoyed in the last show I saw it was that story you told about calling a boy and his mom <laughs> answers on the phone. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, we've got, we've got news stories, my friend. Well, yes. good. Okay, that's what I want to know if we there are going to be stories. stories. Yeah, I like the storytelling. You guys are better than that. I'm not going to recycle <laughs> stuff on you guys. Okay, like. can you recycle it now here on the radio? Because <laughs> know, for people who weren't there, I uh, know. They story. need to come and they need to... This is a way better story. <laughs> oh, so you got to come tonight. tonight. Yeah. Okay, story good. time with Amy. Yeah, story time, kitties. <laughs> okay, I like that a lot. Um, Amy Sharg, and once again, uh, the album is Love Monster, available now, anytime you're in town, please. Thank you so That's much, guys. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. This is the news on the PJ Party Podcast. Here's Jenny West. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford told the Senate Judiciary Committee this morning that she is absolutely certain the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, was the boy who attacked her when they were both in high school more than 30 years ago. I saw press reports stating that Brett Kavanaugh was on the short list of a list of very well-qualified Supreme Court nominees. I thought it was my civic duty to relay the information I had about Mr. Kavanaugh's conduct so that those considering his nomination would know about this assault. Kavanaugh has denied any allegations. This is uh, such a crazy story. Yeah. Um, And does absolutely have implications kind of across... North America, just about, you know, it's like everything that's tied up in it. It's like believing women, consent, Mm -hmm. uh, accountability, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Power. It's really going to, yeah, power, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's really, really going to, um, yeah, I think maybe hope, maybe set some precedence and, uh, but just, but it's, it's a, it's a real moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, uh, in our culture. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, watching the testimony this morning, it was hard to hold back tears it was really difficult um just it took probably took so much courage for her yeah i i heard today that uh dr ford she like she said in her opening statements she didn't want to be there it's terrified yeah it's horrible yeah you can hear the tears in her voice Mm -hmm. even in that clip the bc government is decreasing the annual allowable rent increased for 2019 the most landlords can raise the price of rent is inflation which will be 2.5 percent next year here is premier john horgan if we're going to meet the needs of the homeless and hard to house, if we're going to meet the needs of renters, and if we're going to meet the needs of those who want to enter into the housing market, we need to bring on more supply, more supply that's affordable for British Columbians. Under the old formula, next year's increase would have been 4.5%. Yeah, Chris, you know, mm-hmm. the more I think about this, the better it is that we just keep it to inflation. That just makes mm. sense. Mm-hmm. The rent's already insane right now, right? What, what is it, 4%? Why? Why do we need to increase it anymore? Mm-hmm. More than what just regular inflation is. Doesn't seem to be helping anyone, eh? No! Mm-hmm. Thousands of people in the Ottawa area are still without power days after a pair of massive tornadoes destroyed entire neighborhoods in the national capital region. The feds have been in constant contact with provincial and municipal officials in Ottawa and Gatineau over the weekend to ensure access is provided to any federal services that might be required. You were saying you were on the phone with someone who was in Ottawa? Yeah, it's like called my cell phone carrier and was chatting with them. Yeah. Like making like small talk while, you know, they were like fixing something on my phone and i was like hey, how are you doing and he's like well hadn't had power in a few days so wow. I was like, what tornadoes in yeah. ottawa really yeah. uh-huh. heard of wild ontario high school students have walked out of their classrooms saying their concerns about changes to the provincial curriculum aren't being taken seriously the progressive conservative government has repealed a modernized sex ed curriculum replacing it with one that was last updated in 1998 what students say there the older curriculum doesn't mention gender identity same-sex relationships or online harassment what? It for, needs an update. For what reason would they roll uh, that back? Not, just, it's just mm-hmm. knowledge. Yeah. It's just knowing about things. Mm-hmm. That's really... Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's really... It's cool to see the kids, you know, walk out and protest yeah. this because it is their education that is being affected and the ones after them. But it sucks that it has to come to that, you know? Yeah. yeah. It does super suck. Mm-hmm. I, that's it. It's just like, do you want... 
your kids learning about this on the internet? Because guess what? They're going to learn about it on the internet. They can't wait to learn about it on the internet. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to have a more comprehensive, more measured, more everything just in the schools? Mm-hmm. Seems simple, but... Yeah. Canadian police forces are hesitant to use a federally approved roadside test for marijuana impairment, raising questions about the Liberal government's decision to give the devices the green light. Vancouver's police department is among those that won't use the Dragger Drug Test 5000 when pot is legalized next (laughs) month because it says the device doesn't work in sub-zero temperatures, is bulky, and takes too long to produce a sample. And I also think that the name is terrible. (laughs) My first thing, pick a different name. The Dragger Drug Test 5000. Uh, it must be an acronym or stand for something, right? Oh, maybe, yeah. Drug, yeah, I don't know what it is. But <laughs> oh. Interesting name. A five-month-old French bulldog named Leon is on the mend after his owner says he found and ate some marijuana that was left on the floor of a pet enclosure on BC Ferry's vessel. Alex Speth says her puppy began having tremors tremors and seizures. As soon as the boat docked, she rushed him to the emergency vet. Speth said the bill cost her nearly $1,000 and is now considering legal to cover the cost. Just thinking like, BC Ferris should have swept that place out, likely, mm-hmm. between sailings. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That should have happened, but uh, it didn't, unfortunately. It's a really good reminder just to everybody, as uh, pot is illegal now in, mm-hmm. you know, however many days, that uh, THC is very toxic to puppers. Mm-hmm. So keep out of reach. Yes. Right? Yes. Could cool. be bad. The Capital Regional District says an annual report of the drinking water in the region shows we continue to have high-quality H2O. Yes. The CRD says staff collect approximately 6,500 samples and conduct over 28,000 individual uh, research little analysis uh, to come up with their comprehensive report. And we are so, like, really... Do you have good drinking water yeah. right out of the tap? Is such a blessing. Like you don't even understand until you go to a place. Even go to Disneyland in L.A. or places like that. Try and drink out of the tap there. It's disgusting. Mm. Right? That's another first world nation. Go even in just other communities across Canada. It's not as crisp and delicious as it is here in Victoria right out of the tap. Yeah, we're so lucky. Really? Mm-hmm. Sydney RCMP are reminding residents to lock their vehicle doors. RCMP, RCMP say at least 15 people from various areas of Sydney reported having items stolen from their parked cars in the last little bit. Oh, whoa. Yeah. The worst thing about it is when the thief doesn't close your door again. <sighs> yeah, and then your battery is drained the next morning. That sucks. Uh, like, yeah. just, you know, I was like, I'm used to by now the rummage through. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, you rummage through my stuff. That doesn't feel good. It feels very invasive. Yeah. But at least just shut the door, would you? That's it. Sometimes they don't even do that. That's really annoying. Mm-hmm. Young man named Andrew on the zone phone right now with a crazy story about this happened to him and his girlfriend. Right, Andrew? Oh, yeah. Well, it was Friday night and we were drinking. And for some reason, she needed to go for a walk at around 1.32 o'clock in the, in the morning. So she went for a walk with a dog. And then she comes back at around 2.30 and comes thundering into the house, all hopped up on um, adrenaline, being like, there's somebody stealing stuff out of your truck, but I stopped them. Just like, what? What do you mean steal? What do you mean you stopped them? It's like, you should have called the cops. It's like, no, no, no. I just let him cry on my shoulder. And he said that he was just down on his luck and he's all good. But I stopped somebody from stealing your truck. I was like, what? <laughs> wow. What? So he had like all the stuff ready to be stolen or like, well, yeah, how did that go down? Yeah, it was all in his backpack ready to go. And then he was basically just saying that he was down on his luck. He was tired of eating craft dinner and he was stealing stuff to just sell it so he can mm. eat some food. Like, so she was like, that's all good, man. Don't worry about it. We're all, uh, we're all kind of down on our luck over here and it's hard to live out here. But, you know, you shouldn't be stealing from other people. But at the same time, like, it's all good. She gave him a hug and. Like I said, she, he cried on her shoulder for a little bit, and then they said their piece and went the other way. Oh, my gosh. What a human moment. A yeah, yeah, I love your girlfriend. How did she approach him? Did she hmm. go out guns a blazing, like, hey, get out of there or whatever? Or is she like, excuse me, you're stealing from my truck now. Don't do that. Or what, like, do you know, did she say how she initiated contact with this person who was stealing from you? It honestly sounded like she just kind of snuck up in on him, like, when he was in the truck. and like, hey, like, what are you doing in my truck? And then he just, oh, God. Wow. Kind of startled and came like thundering out, and he's like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. And then that's kind of how it sounds like the interaction started. And then apparently, she just had a beautiful moment with them and went on their merry way. And she didn't want to call the cops to make a scene out of anything. Wow, I'm, I'm glad it ended in that way because yeah. you know it could have been bad.
could have been a lot worse. Well, yeah, for sure. Well, that's what I was very afraid for. So I was like, you don't approach somebody at 2.30 in the morning breaking into your vehicle. Yeah. yeah, who knows what could have happened. But, wow, what a story, though. Holy. I know. It was such a great moment, though, and I'm glad it all did work out in the end. So the initial story that Jenny was reading on the news about this, the cops mm-hmm. were saying, hey, we all ought to block our vehicles up. Has this <laughs> taught you that you're going to lock up your vehicle? I mean, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, totally going to start locking my vehicle from now on and definitely stay on top of that one. Mm. Yeah. Andrew, thanks for uh, the good message here in the story. That was awesome. No problem, Paul and Jenny. You guys have a good day and a good week. Thanks for joining the PJ Party. For more from Paul and Jenny, get them live 2 to 6 weekday afternoons on The Zone at 91.3 or around the world via the Internet's tubes at thezone.fm. Do them a solid and leave a review wherever you get this podcast and tell your friends about it. Paul and Jenny are both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so get in touch. Thanks for joining the PJ Party.